Domo Domo, welcome to class 003 of Positive Juju. This is your host, Steady, always at the ready for you guys with the Jujutsu Kaisen content. Now, before we get into it, I just want to say a big thank you to everyone out there who's supported so far. I saw a couple of reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank you very much. It's very humbling. And it not only helps myself, but uh, to get the Jujutsu Kaisen word out there because we're the OGs and we know once Jujutsu Kaisen takes off all over the world, we're going to be the ones to have supported it from the start. But for today, we got a couple of really interesting topics to talk about. Uh, first, the topic that I've been teasing for a while now about Fushiguro and his powers and uh, what the potential for his abilities are and what this ace up the sleeve, the trick up the sleeve that Gojo keeps on referring to, other people keep on referring to as such as Sukuna, distinctively different from his Shikigami powers. Then I'm going to be going into the hugely popular Gojo Sensei and what his fate in the series is. Uh, is the writing on the wall already as far as his character? Uh, will he survive till the end? What's going to happen to him? We're going to take a look at the clues that have kind of been dropped along the way and uh, try to ascertain his fate in the series. And of course, we'll be dropping a little Japanese lesson as well and uh, going over the answers from the JSATs, the Jujutsu Sorcerer Aptitude Test from last week, the answers from last week, and then I got three fresh new answers for you, right out of the oven, nice and hot. But without further ado, class is about to start, so take your seats and let's get ready for class. そろそろ行ってみる。何よって。決まってるでしょ。領域展開。So first up, we got Fushiguro Megumi. Everyone's favorite brooding cool guy who at first glance seems to be kind of the too cool for school kind of archetype but really it's just a big softy a huge teddy bear with a heart of gold inside and uh, he's not afraid to show it to be honest i think that's what separates him from uh the typical archetype in other manga as well is that he yeah at first he doesn't really show it that much but it's very quick his character develops very quick in the sense that he shows his feelings and he's not afraid to show that affection or really protect his friends in an open way instead of just kind of always moody and always beating around the bush and such. But we're not really here to discuss his character development, we're talking about his powers. I'm talking about the ace up the sleeve that Gojo refers to and uh, Skuna and why Skuna is so interested in him as well. And if you've paid attention closely to the manga, he's actually been very close to using this power a few times. So Akutami-sensei does draw a lot of 
influence from Japanese mythos, mythology, whether it be different curses, um, weapons. Two that immediately come to mind are from the recent flashback arc when Geto uses the Kuchisake Onna. He doesn't explicitly say it, but the design is very close to the Japanese mythology of the Kuchisake Onna, or the slit-mouthed woman, or Fushiguro's dad's uh, inverted spear of heaven. These are just a couple of many examples in the manga where Akutami-sensei derives these kind of themes or ideas from actual mythology and incorporates it into the designs of the powers or characters and weapons, for example. Now, I'm not saying that every single character or every single power is explicitly based on some sort of influence or inspiration from uh, history, but oftentimes it is, and we can use that as a hint as to what Fushiguro might possess. Now, it's no secret that Fushiguro does have this hidden power. When he first fights Sukuna, he tries to use it, which catches Sukuna's attention. But if we're really to pinpoint that this is a real thing and a real threat, I think chapter 58 is where you want to look at. Go ahead and take a look for yourself, uh, specifically when Gojo is kind of training Megumi and when he's fighting the curse at the Yasohachi Bridge. Now let me read you off this part real quick on page 9 when Gojo is speaking to Megumi. So he says, I quote, Right now, you can only judge and match those around you instead of picturing a stronger future you. And this is the important part he says to Megumi. Maybe it's because of that ace up your sleeve. You think in a worst case scenario, if you were to at least sacrifice yourself, all would end well. So Gojo is referring to a specific power, this ace up the sleeve, this kind of finisher move, but it's clearly at a big risk, a self-sacrifice. Now I researched this line, this incantation, furube, and found something very, very interesting in actual Japanese Jujutsu lore. And the keyword here is Toksano Kandakara. Again, Toksano Kandakara. Now the Toksano Kandakara can be translated to sort of the 10 treasures of the Jujutsu world or 10 treasures of the spiritual world. These are specifically split up into two varieties of mirrors, uh, four spiritual beads, which are called Magatama, or curved spiritual beads, as well as three scarves, which are called uh, hire in kind of olden times, those kind of long flowing scarves that you see hanging from the neck, and then one sword. And the sword is what I want to specifically focus on today, and it has its relations to Megumi. Now, Megumi actually refers to this sword by name already in chapter 9 in the Skuna fight that I mentioned. Again, he's on the ropes, he puts up his fists, and then he says the incantation in full. Furube yura yura, furube yura yura to. Now this incantation is in Japanese called furu no koto, which is kind of a language of the dead and is used in mythology to resurrect the dead. So after he says this incantation, he proceeds to say yatsukano which is almost 100% referring to the sword in the Ten Treasures. And the sword is called Yatsuka no Tsurugi, which is the eight-handles sword. 
Now it's said that by using one of these treasures along with the incantation, you can actually resurrect the dead or speak with the dead. And this baby is exactly what Gojo was referring to. Now we're not sure what the extent or how many treasures Megumi uses or possesses or if all the treasures are going to be referred to. But my theory is that Megumi can at least use this eight handles sword, uh, use this incantation and resurrect the dead at a cost of sacrificing his own life and ultimate power. Incredibly strong, but he has to sacrifice his own life. Now, what form this eight-handled sword will take is very unclear. I mean, a lot of it is up to the Tamisense's uh, creative interpretation. Uh, like uh, Fushiguro Papa's uh, inverted spear of heaven, it's very the design was very different uh, from how the actual object is. So, this eight-handled sword could possibly even be a shikigami. We're not sure. Can he use this sword as an actual weapon, or is the sword just used to resurrect the dead? Um, and it kind of reminds me of if you're a fan of Bleach, and Akutami-sensei has expressed their uh, love of Bleach as well and their inspiration, it's very reminiscent of First Captain uh, Gendusai's kind of Bankai power where he resurrects the dead. Maybe it'll be kind of similar to that. Who knows? I mean, Akutami-sensei will probably have a lot of fun with it, already has an idea of what form it's going to take, but at least we can say that there is this connection with the 10 treasures, that Megumi has this uh, commune almost with the dead, and he's able to weaponize that and use that as a curse technique. But who knows? Who knows when we'll actually be seeing it? It almost kind of sounds like a endgame strategy, kind of something that like Gojo said, uh, ace up the sleeve when there's no other choice. So we most likely won't be seeing it for a while, but it's cool to talk about. So what connection does this have to Skuna, and why does Skuna take such an interest in Fushiguro? And I think it's precisely because of this power. Skuna could quite possibly utilize this ability, uh, Fushiguro's ability to resurrect the dead to actually resurrect himself. So Skuna's gonna try to come back and resurrect his whole body and be separate from Itadori. That vow that Skuna uh, made with uh, Itadori to give him control of the body for a certain amount of time, he's going to use it at that precise time when Megumi uses his power. So I'm calling it right now, I'm putting in my bets for that, um, so we'll see what happens. But you heard it here first. But that's enough about Megumi and his powers for today, uh, we might revisit it again down the road if uh, more hints kind of come up. So I'll let that kind of process in your head for right now uh, so you can form your own theories. Let me know if you've got something good. But let us move on to today's Japanese lesson.
for today's Japanese lesson. We're going to be revisiting chapter 50 and、uh, one of my favorite characters in the manga, Nanami Kento. That's right, Agent 73 himself. Now, this is in the midst of when、uh, Yuji and Aoi are fighting、uh, Hanami and he starts using the Black Flash strikes. Yuji does.、Um, but then Nanami is kind of interviewed, which we find out is actually interviewed by、uh, Inotakuma. But、uh, he talks about how Nanami talks about how he's had experience with Black Flash before, and this is what he says. <laughs> Which、uh, in English、uh, we translated as my record. Four. I was lucky. Meaning he was able to successfully use、uh, Black Flash four times in a row, which is very rare. And in Japanese, he says, Un ga yokatta. And this is the、uh, point that I want to talk about today. Un ga yokatta. Un is、uh, lucky in Japanese or luck.、Uh, un ga yokatta. And yokatta meaning、uh, it was good.、Uh, so when you combine un, luck, with yokatta, It was good. It、uh, as a phrase means I was lucky, or we're lucky, or we got lucky.、Uh, You'll oftentimes hear this phrase just being said in kind of the English format saying lucky, like ah, lucky, I got lucky, in, even in Japanese. But if you were to say it in Japanese,、uh, people say it as so in anime, you'll hear characters saying, you know, in a Lucky situation, they'll say lucky or unga yokata. So, next time、uh, you're watching an anime, see if you can spot that out. A little bit of a practical Japanese that you might be able to stick into your repertoire as well. I hope you guys are liking these little Japanese lessons and、uh, definitely be sure to let me know if you do hear one.、Uh, that'd be a really cool experience for me as well. So, let me know. But let us move on to the next topic. Satoru Gojo, the self proclaimed strongest Jutsu sorcerer alive, what is his fate in the story? Now, Jutsu Kaisen is a series in Shonen Jump that tends to kind of deviate sometimes from the、uh, classic tropes of SJ, but in the end, there are a lot of things that do kind of follow the quote unquote rules of Shonen Jump as well, right? Now, Gojo Sensei is very OP, clearly.、Uh, he Claims himself to be the strongest, and not only himself, but Akutami Sensei has also outright said that Gojo is currently the strongest character in the series. 
we were able to see in the flashback kind of his vulnerabilities, but he learned very quickly from those experiences and has adapted his abilities in a way which is very difficult to see how you take him out now. And Geto, who is very familiar with Gojo, has expressed this same notion. So what oftentimes happens in Shonen Jump? When a character like this is introduced whose powers are all revealed, at this point it's hard to see Gojo getting any stronger. Like all the cards are on the table so to speak, we've seen everything that he's got, he's incredibly strong, so he's kind of hit a ceiling. He doesn't really have too much more room to grow if you ask me as a character. We've seen all his powers, we've kind of seen his flashback. We know that he has sort of these kind of motivations behind the scenes and that he doesn't like the Jutsu society as it is, but we've seen his potential and we've seen what he has to offer now. And oftentimes it, characters like this in Shonen, it becomes very, very dangerous territory. And what I mean by that is characters like this oftentimes kind of get put on the sidelines or just downright die. So if you look at kind of traditional examples in Shonen Jump, uh, you can look at something like Rudoni uh, Kenshin, Samurai X, uh, Kenshin's teacher, Hiko Sejuro. He's extremely powerful, much powerful than Kenshin. He could wipe out someone like Shishio right away if he wanted to, but he's kind of taken out of the equation, right? Uh, he doesn't want to get himself involved. That's the reasoning behind it. But if he were to be engaged in the actual combat, all of a sudden, it's not fair anymore, right? And it's not an interesting story. In Naruto, for example, we can look at someone like Jiraiya. He's extremely powerful, obviously. If he were to be actively engaged in the fight, it would kind of unbalance the terms, so to speak. Uh, he's passed on the teachings to Naruto, and he's... I hate to put it this way, but kind of served his purpose in the story, right? So I think this is kind of what Gojo's path is going to lead to. Not necessarily death, but he will be out of commission. And when I say that, I'm referring to what Geto says. So in chapter 12, the cafe scene where Geto meets up with uh, Jogo and a couple of the other special grade curses, He's very blunt with them, saying that there's no way that you guys can take out Gojo. And the war between Jutsu Sorcerers and Curses is never going to be won by the Curses unless two conditions are met. The first one being to get Yuji, Tadori, and Sukuna to their side, to the Curses side. And B, to take Gojo out of the equation, kind of what we were talking about earlier. Not necessarily killing him, because even Geto says you can't kill this guy, he's essentially unkillable unless you catch him off guard. But even then, you can't really kill him, you have to trap him. And this is his suggestion, is using this special grade curse object called Gokumon Kyo, or which uh, translate into Prison Realm. So we don't know exactly the effect, but it sounds like it's something that can be used to trap someone maybe kind of in an alternate dimension or put them in a state of comatose to be honest a condition like this wouldn't be mentioned this specifically unless i think it's going to happen uh they're going to be successful in taking gojo out of the equation 
in the Halloween arc, the one that everyone's waiting for when all stuff that goes down. So this, in addition to a couple more reasons, Akutami Sensei has mentioned in a recent author comment that Gojo's ability to manipulate the infinity for, to prevent objects from hitting him uh, is almost always on. And it's explicitly said that way in Japanese and in English. So this is implying that there are small moments where he is vulnerable even today. And this is probably where they're going to take advantage of using the Prism Realm. I don't think Akutami Sensei would write this without actually hinting at something, but take it as you will, but I think it does speak to the theory. And the last reason that I wanted to point out is the fact that Gojo is very adamant about the next generation of Jujutsu Sorcerers, right? He's saying that people like uh, Itadori Yuji or Okkotsu or the third year Hakari, Aoi, all these guys are going to be the next generation they're going to be more powerful than me someday and he's very adamant about the restructuring of the jutsu society and it's not going to be just me it's going to be all these guys so there's a hint at the passing of the torch so to speak and the role of mentor that gojo is going to have to people like yuji or megumi kugisaki is only going to last for so long which as sad as it sounds I think would be the right move. You have to kind of keep things fresh in that way, right? So obviously someone like Nanami is still there. Uh, eventually when Okkotsu comes back, please come back. Uh, maybe he'll be kind of a mentor figure, a rival figure almost to uh, Yuji as well as uh, Megumi. I would just love to see Yuji and Okkotsu's banter and just kind of them getting along. You can see them getting along, right? That would be amazing. So all these reasons, like the fact that Gojo is just getting too powerful, uh, Gege's comments, the fact that he's already kind of showed off all his powers, Gojo's outspokenness about the next generation, and Geto's little condition of uh, taking Gojo out of commission, I think this is all evidence that Gojo will be taken out of commission. Maybe not permanently, but for a significant point of the story, I think that's going to be kind of a momentum shift, a kind of turning point in the story. And I think it'll make things a lot more interesting because as long as Gojo is there, you have nothing to worry about. And that's having that safety net and then having that safety net taken off creates that tension, right? Creates that interesting story like, oh, what do we do now? We have to be on our toes. So after hearing this, uh, what do you guys think? What do you think is going to happen to Gojo down the line? It's fun to talk about. Go ahead and comment on my Twitter. I'm more than happy to hear the different theories that are out there.
another edition of the JSAT's, the Jujutsu Sorcerer Aptitude Tests. Thank you to everyone who decided to participate in last episode's test and commented on my Twitter. You guys are some smart cookies out there. And I felt that love for the series, not gonna lie. So let's go over those answers before we get into a fresh batch. Starting with question number one, which was about Aoi Todo's uh, curse technique and that it's named after a famous music genre. And the correct answer was Boogie Woogie. Such a cool name and it fits the ability perfectly. And yes, it's named after a music genre as well as a dance that goes along with it. A style of dance, I should say. So Boogie Woogie was the correct answer for number one. Number two was about uh, Yuji Tadori, and when he introduces himself to Principal Yaga, he expresses that he's a fan of a famous American celebrity. And that celebrity is Jennifer Lawrence. I know her from The Hunger Games. I mean, I haven't really watched much of her since then, if I'm honest, but Yuji seems to really love her kind of that great Akutami-sensei humor there. So the correct answer for number two was Jennifer Lawrence. And number three was the little, the tricky one. And it was two characters in the manga share the exact same name. Who are they? And the name is Kamo Noritoshi. Now the Kamo Noritoshi that we're more familiar with is the student from Kyoto, the one that used the kind of the blood manipulation, but he shares that name with who we assume to be his ancestor, another Kamo Noritoshi, who's described as a real piece of you-know-what, which makes me wonder why they named him that, but I think it's maybe because of the fact that the mother wasn't very well-liked in the family, as they explained, so they decided to give this kid that kind of heretic name as well. So good job to those of you who got all those answers right, but even if you just participated, thank you very much. Omedetou to you, but without further ado, let's get those new questions on the way. Now I'm gonna up the ante a little bit in this week's questions, okay? I think I went a little bit too easy on everyone last time, you know? So here we go. Dai Ichimon, question number one. In volume number two of Jutsu Kaisen, Fushiguro Megumi is featured on the cover. However, he's not the only character on the cover. Who is he sharing the cover feature with? Think back, think back, right? Volume number one is uh, Yuji Itadori on the cover with the open hand with Sukuna on the hand. And then volume number three is Kugisaki by herself, right? And Gojo number four by himself. But number two, Fushiguro's not alone. Who is he with? And no cheating, that's not fun. I mean, you can cheat. I mean, it's not like I would know the difference anyways. <laughs> but let's move on to question number two. Dainimon. So another Aoi Todo question because he's one of my favorites. <laughs> Aoi Todo has a scar on his face covering his eye. Is it on his left eye or his right eye? You've seen him so many times, right? But when you actually try to remember which side of the face it's on, I think you guys can kind of picture the scar, but when you try to remember what side it's on, then it gets a little bit tricky. But try to remember, is it on the left, left eye or the right eye? But let's move on to question number three, Dai Sammo. 
for the tricky question of the class. Tokyo second year Inumaki Toge, due to his Jugon Cursed ability, is forced to speak using only onigiri or rice ball ingredients. Now, Akutami Sensei has expressed most of it is just kind of gibberish, but has also said that Inumaki says a certain onigiri ingredient or filling, I guess, when he's agreeing or saying yes to something. So, what is that onigiri filling? A little bit trickier, right? I mean, sorry if this one seems a little bit unfair. Um, it's actually not explicitly mentioned in the manga itself, but if you follow kind of the uh, extras and little trivia and stuff, and even on my uh, uh, Twitter page, I've mentioned this. Uh, Akutami Sensei has said that uh, he says a certain feeling when he's agreeing to something. So, those of you out there who are confident in your JJK knowledge, Put up or shut up. <laughs> All right, so if you guys want to participate in uh, this week's uh, JSATs, go ahead and uh, find me on my Twitter at ReadySteady20, R E A D Y S T E A D Y 20, the numbers, and uh, go ahead and comment on my Twitter post for the podcast and uh, see if your answers are right, and we'll reconvene next time and uh, compare answers. today hope you enjoyed today's class Jutsu Kaisen is already coming out with its seventh volume and it seems to be going strong uh, with the recent flashback a lot of insight into Gojo and Geto and once that flashback arc is done remember the last time we uh, saw the main cast was in chapter 63 at the very end uh, Mei Mei and Todo had recommended uh, five candidates for a uh, semi grade one Jutsu Sorcerer is uh, they were Panda, Maki, uh, Nobara, Fushiguro and Yuji. So I can't wait to see what's going to happen next. I think the Halloween arc is still going to be kind of down the road a little bit but you never know. But thank you for spreading that positive juju, listening in, uh, supporting on Twitter, and my new YouTube channel. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you can find the link on my Twitter. Go ahead and check it out. Uh, it's still kind of in the early stages, still learning the process a little bit, but it looks like it's going to be some fun. And I've uh, seen some good support so far, that positive juju, you know? So thank you, thank you, thank you for all those of you that have supported so far. And we will see you in the next class of Positive Juju. Mata yoroshiku!